A new book is called Our King. And there are a couple of revelations from there uh, that we should discuss. Can we do one of them, which I just need to talk about, because I was in the yeah, mouth absolutely. for this. Yeah, absolutely. Go, go and, for it. And that is uh, that apparently um, the, the Queen was extremely unwell when she made that final balcony appearance on the Sunday, where she literally flew in from Windsor by helicopter, made it onto the balcony, stood there for a few minutes, and then she was gone uh, straight away. Apparently, she'd had to be brought in by wheelchair. Apparently, the, the king, uh, as he is now, but as he was the Prince Charles, really implored her to try and put everything together to essentially give a final farewell, because I think the family all knew how ill she was at the time. I mean, that is just phenomenal service, right till the end, right? I mean, it breaks your heart. It breaks your heart. I do believe that at the time, because you and I were, we worked together around the Jubilee, we felt it. We did feel like she wasn't feeling great and there was some concern for her health, but we certainly didn't know she'd gone to the, that extent uh, to, to, you know, to present herself to the public as a, as like you said, a farewell and, and a thank you and an I love you and a goodbye. Well, this was three months before her death, right? It was. Right. It was. It was June. Was the jubilee? It was September that she died. She was suffering. It's pretty well widely known now from uh, quite an aggressive bone cancer, which is incredibly painful. Incredibly painful. Um, in her nineties, ninety-six years of age. I mean, it is absolutely phenomenal that. That, that she could be bothered. Do you know what I mean? That she wasn't like, look, I'm, so, I'm just too ill. You know, crack on without me. But she did it. And, and, and oh, my word, I'm so glad I was there and saw it because uh, I was there 20 years before for the Golden uh, Jubilee and I was there for that one. And that, as it turned out, was her final ever balcony uh, appearance. It, it, it's amazing that she put herself through that so that we saw her uh, in that position one last time. But of course, there are some less celebratory moments in this book as well, including Kate having to get through things through gritted teeth uh, when it came to the uh, walkabout after the Queen's death between what was the Fab Four, Meghan, Harry, Kate and William. What can you tell us about that? That's right. That walkabout is described in Robert Jobson's new book, Our King, as an illusion. Uh, you know, Kate actually went back and told some of her employees that she had, uh, that it was one of the hardest things she'd ever had to do because of the ill feelings that everyone felt with each other. And, you know, Christo, you and I talk about Meghan Markle a lot. She's supposed to be the actress, not Kate. If you watch Kate's face that day, you know, the Princess of Wales looked stoic, strong, brave. Not for one second did I think she was having one of the most uncomfortable or worst days of her life. Uh, it tells us a lot about who she is as a leader and how she'll be as a queen consort, which I think is brilliant. You know, you were just talking about the queen. Another crazy story in Robert Jobson's book is about the queen sweeping Sandringham for microphones or recording devices before the Sandringham summit. She wanted to make sure that no one was going to poach any information or nothing was going to leak. Uh, that's the first time I've heard of the queen doing anything like that. When I think of microphones in the carpets, I think of Princess Diana. I think I even think of Harry, but I certainly don't think of the queen. Uh, so that was crazy to me. 
that she swept, she had uh, Sandringham swept to make sure that nobody was going to record or, or leak any information from that meeting about Megxit. And then um, another story that Robert talks about is how William and, and Charles are done with Harry. It's the Oprah interview that severed those ties. They do not trust him and they refuse to talk to him in private because they're afraid of what will be repeated or how it will be repeated to likely Meghan and how that will be interpreted to media a la Gail King on CBS or Oprah Winfrey. Uh, so there's no trust between them and they no longer want to communicate with him solo. And also it, it, in that same book, it, it's reported that the Queen was weary about it all and essentially thought that, uh, well, I think that there are phrases that have been banded around that are far, far uh, less um, uh, classy than this, shall we say. But Queen Elizabeth thought Harry was so consumed by his love for Meghan that it was clouding his judgment and that she was tired of listening to the couple's criticisms of the institution i mean because the, the, she called it she called them quite mad christo she said their behavior was quite mad and it's true i mean they are absolutely if you read anything that that they've written certainly in spare they, they they're unhinged in some of their their criticisms and and they seem to have taken we've said this many times before real minor incidents that probably are a bit annoying and probably, you know, uh, uh, probably it's quite irritating being in this kind of institution, which is inherently unfair. It is, but you get a lot of great things as a result of Perks. it as well. Perks, including, you know, the trips to Botswana every five minutes. And, um, you know, they've just, they've just absolutely made them into these huge great big events and also they've been dishonest they have they have told so many porcupines uh regarding you know the the the, the, the fact that archie and lilibet weren't going to get titles even though they said that they didn't want the titles the titles that they now have bestowed on archie and they lilibet. weren't going to get titles because of their race yes which then they denied, sort of say, which they also denied as well the conversation was about racism when it came to this apparent concern over Archie's skin colour, which they then backtracked on saying it's nothing to do with racism and that they never mentioned the words racism. I mean, they're, it's, it's, they're actually completely bizarre. And well, and, 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 and talk about entitled. Um, Robert Jobson reports that Prince Harry was infuriated when Prince Charles at the time, now King Charles, told him that he wasn't going to be able to afford to put Meghan Markle on the payroll or afford the, her wardrobe. I mean, this is a woman who's talking to low-income families in Brooklyn and reading them The Bench, her oh book that she wrote for Prince Harry, in a $6,000 jacket with a $10,000 purse. My favourite story. Wait, wait, in... wait, Prince Charles wore a vintage suit to their wedding. Yeah. You know? Like... We've only got 30 seconds, but my favourite story from Re Revenge of the Tom Bauer book is when she went to Rwanda to uh, 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 on some sort of mercy mission as an as an ambassador to expose to show like a new well that had been built. I think it was for World Vision, and apparently she took twelve outfits to Rwanda and did a fashion shoot in Rwanda next to a well, which is just I mean, it is kind of amazing. You sort of love her for how, how her audaciousness, even though it is terrible. Uh, Kinsey, it's we'll moxie. do another podcast. It is. We'll do a podcast this week, Kinsey. But as always. An absolute pleasure. Kinsey Scofield with her right royal roundup.